And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. This one called Fedor is Russian for King. That's right. Fedor is Russian for King. It's not really, but for the sake of today, it absolutely is. Obviously, we will get into the Fedor Melanenko versus Tim Johnson fight. We will talk UFC. We will talk PFL, which actually, as we record this right now, is currently on ESPN2. So maybe you're watching that and listen to us. Of course, we will also uh, go over all the big pay-per-views, all the big news from all the other wrestling, uh, pro wrestling uh, organizations. And there is a weird development with one that uh, has came to my attention the last few days. It's, it's actually kind of worked out. You know, we couldn't do the show till now because... It's just bizarre. I'm not quite sure because it's just now starting to break, just now starting to develop. So we shall see. And I will talk more about that here in a second. But as always, let's start with WWE. And I'm going to start with Raw because Raw was Monday of last week. And Crown Jewel was, was it Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. No, it was Wednesday. At noon, because they were, well, they were in Saudi Arabia, which is fantastic. Fantastic. That is a, there is a lot of talent over in Saudi Arabia that has recently been uh, zapped up by a lot of the organizations. And the fact that WWE goes over there is part recruiting mission, part Let's entertain the fans because you realize in order for that talent to develop and be prepared to be picked, it's because the crowd is playing a big part in helping to develop them. So uh, it was a great nod for them to do that. Uh, Let's see. What happened on Raw that doesn't really have anything to do with Crown Jewel? Um, Well, Austin Theory thought he had a match with R-Truth. And it said, our truth said, no, I just said that you had a match. It's actually with my buddy Jeff. Jeff Hardy came out. Uh, Austin Theory actually won. Uh, and I, I got to give kudos here. This There is a development. <clears throat> I guess there's a better word than that. But there is a development where Austin Theory, now on Raw, Andy Hartwell uh, doing her own thing, even with Persia, her friend uh, beside her. Uh, those two are really starting to blossom, and yes, you could say they're both pretty talented, and I, I would agree with that, but they were recently in a group with the Garganos. Uh, Johnny Wrestling, or Johnny Gargano, and his wife, Candice LeRae, who are expecting. Once again, congratulations to them. But the, uh, those two, and Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory, we're all in a we're all in a group together, and I think this was a way that WWE put them together so that the Garganos could uh, really develop them. And I think they did a fantastic job. Theory looks better than he did last year when he got called up to Raw for a little bit, and Andy Hartwell is starting to really blossom and really bloom. Uh, kind of leading her own charge as opposed to being uh, with other people. I mean, it, and in order to split her from the Garganos, you had the Dexter Loomis love story strategy that, I don't, it's like they've forgotten about it on NXT, which is not, not a non-WWE thing. But, uh, you know, fantastic that Theory gets a win over Hardy here. And, uh, 
Andy Harwell actually had uh, a really outstanding moment last night on NXT. We will talk about that next week. But, uh, you know, good for them. Um, I'm really not seeing much. No. There wasn't really anything else on Raw that didn't pertain to Crown Jewel. So, without further ado, let's get into Crown Jewel. Right? It started off, the kickoff match was the Usos versus the Hurt Business. I can't, I want this for you to blossom, to to just boom in a good way. Uh, the Usos, the more experienced team at this juncture, and the more established at this point, they win. And uh, But this match, man, if you're going to have a kickoff match, you want it to be arguably your second or third strongest match overall, potentially first. And this was. This was a tag team clinic between four guys who understand wrestling and understand tag team wrestling. Good spots all around. Like I said, the Usos, who... Makes sense that they win right now. The Hurt Business just has reformed. They get the big win. We get Edge versus Seth Rollins in a hell in a cell. Well, we know that basically after Crown Jewel, from the moment it ends, is when everybody, wherever you were drafted, is, well, where you're going to go. And we know there are certain things on here that, that, just makes sense as to why there's a resolution or why they needed to do it. Edge, I believe, is going to stay on SmackDown. Seth is going to Raw. Who needs to win here? Well, Edge does because Seth's going to get a clean start when he moves. So, as good as this match was, we all knew Edge was going to win. It made sense. He makes up for Seth being in his house, the, the antics that Seth is doing. Even though Seth is being the type of heel that Edge was during his big run. Doing whatever it took to get the job done, to get in people's head. This was a just ridiculously good match, though. And uh, congratulations to Edge on the win for that one. We get Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. A lot of people say, why is this match third? Why is this match even on this card? Okay. All understandable. This was the breakup pull-off match between a team or two guys who used to be in a team. Not sure why they were in a team to start with, but that is what it is. Mansoor gets the win in this one. Ali will go on. I really think he is going to – he'll pair up with somebody else. He's he's good at doing that. He's kind of the revolution leader. He'll pair up with somebody. I mean, maybe T-Bar and Mace because they're not doing a lot right now. Why not put them back together? But – uh, this was WWE realizing where they were in the world and catering to local markets because Mansoor, I believe, is from the surrounding area. Why not feature one of the top talents from the area? That's the, that's genius. That's genius. Like if you go to Canada, you want to feature Edge. You want to feature uh, Christian. You want to, you know, those kinds of people. It's what you do. Whether they win or not is a totally different story, but you want to feature and show them that, hey, you know, we have people from all over the world, including where you're from. I thought, I thought it was a great gesture. And uh, Mansoor with the win, I don't know what he's going to do. It, like I said, Ali, I could see booming into something else, materializing into another group leader or something like that. Mansoor is just going to kind of be out there for a minute, so we'll see what happens. RK Bro defended their titles against AJ and Omas. I feel like AJ and Omas are going to split here soon. Which is a shame. They've been a pretty decent team. They're they're fun. But RK Bro keeps their belts. Of course they do. I feel like they're setting this up. They're going to drop the belt to some either 
rising star team or some super established team that they they uh, build up. Uh, match was okay. Um, at times, my real hang-up, at times, if you're Omos and you're still in pretty good shape, not winded or something like that, if you have the match well in hand, why are you tagging AJ Styles? You you have the match in hand. But beyond that, uh, solid match. Like I said, it's it's time for this that feud to to move on. We had the Queen's Crown final: Selena Vega versus Dewdrop. I think you could figure out what may have happened here, or could you? Winner of the Queen's Crown tournament. Selena Vega. What a nod to the work she put in. Remember, she got dropped from WWE not too long ago. And uh, they it was kind of controversial. They ended up bringing her back. She, you know, she did what Jinder Mahal did. Way back when, Jinder rolled with the punches. Jinder got released. Jinder went and worked hard. Worked his way back. He became world champion. Well, Selena Vega just basically won the uh, Queen's Crown, which is the the women's king of the ring to a point. The, the queen of the ring, you know. I, I like that it's called the Queen's Crown, though. I like that way better. And moving forward, Dewdrop will do some stuff. She's a great performer. They'll get her in some. They'll get her into some. Uh, good programs with people to really, to really show off what she can do, to really showcase her abilities. What can Zelina do? Well, she's going to have a crown and a cape and a scepter for a while. I think this could do a lot for her. This could really do a lot. Now, she may, uh, they may put a uh, muscle with her, you know, an extra person, a sidekick to help her out, but not necessarily. She's a strong enough character where she doesn't necessarily have to. So it will be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But good for Zelina Vega. And good for Dewdrop. These are two people that if you saw the first eight people announced in that tournament, these are probably towards the bottom of people you thought would actually do pretty good. Uh, Goldberg versus Lashley in a... It was supposed to be a no-holds-barred. It turned into a false count anywhere. Here's the difference in those. In a false count anywhere, false count anywhere. Beyond that, it's the same thing as a no-holds-barred. And, of course, who wins that particular match? Of course, it's Goldberg. Because he's avenging what Bobby Lashley did to us, where he roughed up his kid. Lashley can take the hit right now, especially at being Goldberg. Goldberg winning, whether he rides off in Sunset or he comes back again or stays around, uh, it helps him a lot more to have this win instead of just coming back to job out to people. So, this was actually a pretty solid match. To be that it was going to be brutal, it was going to be a lot of uh, random randomness as they went around the ring in different places like that. This actually stood up as a a really, really great um, middle-of-the-card main event. That left us to the King of the Ring final, Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods. How about King Xavier Woods? The Finn Balor angle, I really thought he was going to take it, but my goodness, the fact that it was Xavier Woods is just outstanding. Now all members of New Day have had an outstanding main card moment. Like, top of the card moment. Xavier Woods is the king of the ring right now. Kofi Kingston, I Did he beat Brock? He beat somebody for the world title a couple years ago. And Big E being the world champion right now on Raw or on SmackDown, this is just exceptional. 
just exceptional. Congratulations, Xavier Woods. I remember watching him when he was coming up a handful of years ago, especially when he was on. Uh, he was actually in, in TNA, Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it, uh, under a different moniker, obviously. But the dude has always worked his rear off, and this was, was no exception. Him and Finn Balor tore the place up. It was main event quality. Finn did a absolutely great job. Just come up a little short. Congratulations to uh, King Woods. Following that, which means Woods would have went through the curtain, th- back through the curtain, as this person was coming up to the curtain, and that would be Biggie defended his uh, championship against Drew McIntyre. I guess I guess the New Day went to SmackDown, so Biggie is on Raw. He's the Raw champion. Uh, just a really, really good match. Big E is, estab- is using this run to establish himself as one of the top talents. And Drew McIntyre is one of those top stars over the past year or so that, that have established themselves. It's something WWE was having issues with until uh, they've done a good job with Roman Reigns. And a lot of it's been the talents, too. Roman has done a good job of getting himself over as well. For people kind of new to it, getting yourself over means the the crowd is accepting you and they are reacting to what you're doing, good or bad. Uh, Big E, though, he retains as he beats Drew McIntyre, as, as we kind of figured as much. He needed a good, solid opponent right out of the gate. I think a rebound match with Lashley would be next. Or Big E, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the co-main event. Becky Lynch defended her SmackDown Championship versus Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. It's a pretty good match. Um, I don't think it lacked anything. There was just times that I thought they could have done more. I, I can say that about a handful of things on this card, but uh, overall, Becky Lynch retains. Um, I think Lynch and Bianca Belair are going to Raw. Sasha Banks stays on SmackDown. She is now Charlotte's problem. And then finally, Roman Reigns defended his belt versus Brock Lesnar. A uh, little bit of controversy. Towards the end, as the referee gets knocked down, Heyman tries to slide the belt into Roman. Brock gets it instead. Uh, Before he can do anything with it, the Usos drop him with some super kicks. Roman Reigns uses the title belt, gets the win. And I like it. I like the booking. Because this leaves this open. There was a little, it wasn't a straight up, it wasn't a clean win. So we, we haven't seen the last of Brock, even though I will get to that here in a minute we have not seen the last of Brock but Roman will have a fresh opponent very soon I would imagine and great way to shut down the pay-per-view great way just overall I mean Roman needed to win he didn't or he didn't need to win but it made more sense for Roman to win if Brock comes back out of nowhere and suddenly wins, then you're telling everybody that Brock is better than everybody on the roster, that the rest of the roster is, is uh, not good. That's not true. So, like I said, great win for Roman. I think they're really doing a good job, the way they're writing and booking the things he's doing and the way he's reacting. I think he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, let's go to SmackDown next. I'll come back around to NXT. SmackDown. It started off with Roman and Heyman. Brock Lesnar come down. Adam Pearce ends up coming down because Brock just absolutely terrorized the entire ringside area. Um, Adam Pearce comes down after a commercial break. Him being WWE official. And he says, Brock Lesnar, you're suspended indefinitely for your actions. Brock Lesnar comes down, gets in his face, shoves him around a little bit, and then drops him with two F5s. Uh, 
yeah, Brock's going to take a little bit of a break. I think we, we all saw that coming. Good for Adam, though. He uh, he took those like a champ. But he's a pro. Adam Pierce is a, is a pro's pro. So, uh, Drew McIntyre in his first night on SmackDown took on Sami Zayn. Say what you want. Sami Zayn is one of the most masterful mechanics in wrestling right now. Uh, I actually thought there was chances he could win this match, which shows how good a job they were doing. But McIntyre gets the win in that one. We get Kofi and King Woods in a cool little segment. Nobody interrupted it. It was a good time. And uh, once again, good for King Woods on his victory. For some goofy reason, we had a rematch from Crown Jewel where Mansoor took on Ali. Same exact result. So no reason to talk much more about that. We got to see the debut of Hit Row on SmackDown. Uh, Hit Row this time was Top Dollar and... Isaiah Swerve Scott, they took on two jobbers who I would love to tell you their names, but uh, the match wasn't long enough for me to to know their names. Then we had Rick Boogs come out with Shinsuke Nakamura, who took on Happy Corbin, who had his friend Moss. with I think it's Madcap Moss. I think that's what he goes by. But uh, either way. Uh, Happy Corbin gets the victory in this one over Shinsuke. I can see that this is going to be a uh, pretty good rivalry going forward. I think Shinsuke should still win it on the back end, but, you know, other than that, I thought it was a uh, a pretty solid match for, you know, a couple days after a pay-per-view. Even though these two guys were not a part of the pay-per-view. So uh, that's what you have all the roster for. And then we had Becky Lynch and Charlotte, who were part of a title exchange. Charlotte being the the Raw champion now on SmackDown, and Lynch being the SmackDown champion now on Raw. They wanted them to just politely give each other the other belt. Of course, it didn't exactly go that way, and then Sasha Banks crashed the party. So we know that Sasha and Charlotte, that's going to be the first thing going on SmackDown. So... My guess is Bianca and and, uh, Lynch will be the first on Raw. So, that was SmackDown. Let's go to NXT. NXT had some fun things happening. And yes, I realized I did not circle back to NXT last week. Uh, My apologies. But NXT last week was gearing up because uh, yesterday, or this week's NXT, is Halloween Havoc. So, this is the run-up to it. That's where a lot of this uh, came from. And we'll obviously talk about Halloween Havoc next week. Uh, Carmelo Hayes come out running his mouth about different things. And then Johnny Wrestling appeared. And uh, for the most part, put him in his place. Now, Carmelo being a brand new champion, I don't think Gargano, he may be his first opponent. I don't think he's going to, to defeat him. Which is a shame because Johnny Wrestling uh, could really use some momentum. Now that he lost his group and that his wife is about to uh, uh, have their first, or have their, yeah, I think it's their first child. So uh, he's kind of out on an island. Johnny Wrestling needs a little bit of a a wrath there, but uh, he got in Carmelo's face. They're going to clearly have a match somewhere down the road. I look forward to that for the North American Championship. Uh, Odyssey Jones took on, don't remember Chase's name, I just know it's Chase. Uh, he kind of does the Chris Nowinski kind of Harvard better than you thing. He doesn't do it near as good as Chris, though. Odyssey Jones with the win in that one. Imperium took on the Creed Brothers. Imperium, as good as the Creed Brothers are at folk-style wrestling. Look it up. Imperium ran this whole match, and they're trying to build Imperium back up so they could be title contenders again. I can't wait. Imperium is a fantastic team to watch. They do really good things together. And uh, they're, I mean, they should be tag champs soon. Now, of course, towards the end of their match, because the Creed Brothers are from uh, the Diamond Mine, when other members of the Diamond Mine started to get involved, Kushida and uh, Jiro come down to help out there. 
I could see where the Creed brothers and Kushida and Jiro are going to end up in, in some sort of thing here soon. Uh, Ikemon Jiro, that is. Joe Gacy and the, the random ball-headed dude. I'm sure he has a name, but I never have caught it yet. So, uh, but Joe Gacy, it seems like this guy is going to be maybe his henchman, the guy he is converting or changing or whatever he's trying to do. So, you know, it seems like Joe Gacy, as good as he is in the ring, he's finally got something he can run with, and, and we'll we'll see what they do with it. It's, I think it's going to develop a little more maybe during Halloween Havoc. I have not seen any wrestling up to this point this week. Uh, I like to I like to wait until I do this show so that I, I'm not influenced by things that have happened that we're not going to talk about. But... Uh, I think Joe Casey, I, I think he's going to have a, a random appearance somewhere in Halloween Havoc, maybe with this dude. This dude comes out, and maybe he controls him, or maybe uh, this dude is out of control. I don't know. But I think more will develop afterwards. Legato Adele Fantasma's female member, Electra Lopez, took on Cora Jade. Cora Jade finally getting a little bit of a push after just kind of being in limbo and all over the place. These weird spots. Uh, Cora Jade with the win there. Um, kind of weird. They pushed Electra Lopez over I don't remember her name from Hit Row, but they kind of pushed Legardo Del Fantasma over Hit Row and then Hit Row got the call up to SmackDown. That was kind of weird. But uh, Lopez doing the, the J-O-B for Cora Jade. Ed Braun and Tommaso in the back for a uh, segment there. Of course, at Halloween Havoc, they will fight for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, which could, could be interesting either way, the way they want to do that. Io Shirai took on J.C. Jane, who took on Persia. Uh, for the to determine the wheel for their triple threat tag match for the women's tag team championships at Halloween Havoc. Uh, this was a pretty decent match. It was okay. Uh, J.C. Jane, it looked like was uh, was trying to make up for the lack of action a few times as she went for some spots that uh, didn't quite go the way she wanted them to. She took a bad fall. Uh, coming out of the ring trying to do a suicide dive, her feet caught, and she face-planted pretty good. Uh, I think she ended up being okay, but, man, she she was, she was did not finish the match. We'll put it that way. And uh, I, I hope for a speedy recovery because uh, uh, she's a fantastic performer, and uh, they definitely need her. But in the end, Io Shirai, I believe, got the victory. They spun the wheel. We got a stairway to hell match, which just sounds like a weird, twisted way of saying uh, probably a ladder match of some kind. Because they don't fight on stairs, so I'm not not real sure where they go with that. But either way, uh, Tony D'Angelo had another uh, good showing, this one against uh, Rue Fang. Rue Fang's a good talent. Uh, right now, he's he's just in some random matches here and there, but down the road, he's gonna he's gonna be pretty fun. And uh, Tony D'Angelo that they're building up, hey, he's he's having some solid matches. I like that they're not squash matches. So, you know, it actually shows both sides are competitive. Jensen and Briggs took on Legado Della Fantasma, and uh, LDF ends up with a win in that one. Jensen and Briggs, man, they're a team. Look out for them down the road. They do some fun stuff. I think, honestly, of a lot of the teams down there, I think as far as the established look, they kind of have a... God, what was it? Trevor Murdoch and Lance... 
don't remember Lance's name, but uh, there was a uh, they were a pretty good tag team way back when. They kind of remind me of them, kind of uh, lumberjackish to a point, but a uh, good team for sure. But I got Odell Fantasma gets the win in that one. Grayson Waller took on L.A. Knight. Grayson Waller is a good performer. L.A. Knight is the one who needed the bigger bump, so he gets the win. Uh, pretty solid match in that. L.A. Knight, uh, he had such a weird matchup with Odyssey Jones. Like, he's such a weird, like, the way their skills match up that uh, against Grayson Waller, he's a little more like himself. Looks solid in that one, sort of Grayson. And then we got the Grizzled Young Vets in the main event who took on Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. Braun ended up running almost the entire last part of the match as he should. They're making him look super strong. And uh, Braun got the victory for the team as him and Tommaso beat the Grizzled Young Vets. Still a really good team. There's there's so many really good teams on NXT right now, women and men. But that moves us to, let's go to Impact Wrestling. And instead of talking about what happened on Impact Wrestling last week, we're going to just hit the highlights of Bound for Glory, their pay-per-view they had over the weekend. Of uh, There's a bunch of multi-people matches, and I say people because there were men and women in a lot of them, and uh, to determine champions, new champions, old champions, established championships, things like that. Your digital media champion is Jordan Grace, who beat, I believe, five other competitors. Um, Decay, who is Rosemary and Havoc, defended their tag team titles against the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, I remember them as the Iconics. Well, the Inspiration, a.k.a. the Iconics, are your new women's tag team champions. can't remember if I called this last week or not, but congratulations to them. I like it because Rosemary and Havoc can stay a team or they can split and, and go for world title runs. I like it a lot. Uh, Trey Miguel won a three-way dance to be the X Division champion. I believe he took on El Fantasmo and uh, Steve Macklin. It's a good match. Good Trey's good. Trey's really good, though, and I'm glad he was the one who was able to win that one. Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino defeated Diener and Joe Doring, otherwise known as Violent by Design. Eric Young at ringside. Uh, Heath was hoping that his buddy Rhino would, would uh, tag with him and help out, and he was able to, and they ended up getting the win there. I'm not sure where that story goes from here, but I feel like there's at least a couple more weeks worth of stuff between them before it's done. The 20 wrestler call your shot match, which is uh, similar to what Carmelo Hayes won on NXT. When you win the call your shot, you can, well, call your title shot, it's like a money in the bank, but it's not just for the world title. It can be for anything. It can be for any title on the board that you qualify for. Because obviously if, uh, well, not obviously, you know, because if uh, maybe Jordan Grace or Tennille Dashwood or somebody like that would have would have won, then uh, maybe they call for a uh, one of the men's titles. That could be interesting. But, you know, if... W. Morrissey wins. He's not going to challenge for the Knockouts World Title. Let's put it down. Uh, your winner of the match. It came down to Matt Cardona and Moose. Not W. Morrissey. Not Eddie Edwards. Not. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I love it even more because who won? Moose. It's about time they start doing something with Moose. I said before, there's some things. They need to round some corners, round some edges out. But same time, Moose can be one of your guys to lead this company. And he wins this match. Shout out to Moose for winning the call year shot. Matt Cardona, you're close, man. You're real close. Uh, that led us to the Good Brothers, who defended their Impact Tag Team Championships against Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, and David Finley, and the Bullet Club, who at this juncture were represented by Chris Bay 
and Hikaleu. Kind of weird to have Bullet Club versus Bullet Club, but like I said, it is what it is. I didn't even know this match was going to happen. They've done nothing to build it. It was probably just an impromptu, hey, you guys are all here, why not? It uh, it was okay, and it, and it felt that way. It felt like there was not much chemistry, not much going on, and Good Brothers retained, which means absolutely nothing at this point because they spent they used to spend a majority of their time on AEW and now we don't know. They're they're back in limbo again. That's why I kinda wish they dropped the titles, but I mean what established team's gonna take it from them right now? I don't see it. I don't see one. Uh let's see. Mickey James defeated Deanna Perrazzo for the Knockouts World Title. Congratulations to her. That was outstanding match. Uh, not only has Mickey still got it, but Deanna Perrazzo is even that much better. That she can go on this big run and beat everybody, and then Mickey James comes back, and they have a five-star classic. It was a fantastic match. I think the return match could be even better. And, uh, you know, Good for Mickey that she's back on top. That led us to the main event. Josh Alexander versus Christian Cage for the Impact World title. This was ever been as good as we thought it would be. Christian is another one who, uh, after so many years off, he is actually still raring to go. Got so many more great matches in him. Josh Alexander is the up-and-comer that uh, they've really done a good job of building over the years. Guess what? Your new Impact World Heavyweight Champion, Josh Alexander. He did not get to celebrate very long, though, because after he won, guess who comes down to congratulate him? Your Call Your Shot winner, Moose. Moose calls his shot, and your new Impact World Heavyweight Champion that I, I, of all the stuff, I would say besides the inspiration, because I'm big fans of theirs, um, besides, I'm, look, I'm a big fan of Rosemary and Havoc as well, but besides the inspiration showing up and now in, being an Impact and together again, Moose being World Champion, finally the real world champion, not some random belt they found in the back, is outstanding. You finally get Omega away from everything, and Moose can be world champ, and I am all for it, because this sets up so many big-time matchups. So congratulations to Moose. You deserve it, buddy. Uh, AEW Rampage. Let's start there, then we'll go to Dynamite. AEW Rampage. Uh, Hobbs took on Cassidy for the world tournament that they are doing. That'd be Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy gets to win in this one. Uh, Hobbs is, is a pretty good wrestler. He's a big bruiser. He's a big physical guy. Uh, he actually works pretty well with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I thought it was a really solid match, especially to start off Rampage. Rampage is usually three, you know, really good match, or they try to be, but really good matches. Uh, this one was definitely one of those. Um, you had Penta, El Zero, Miedo, and uh, Alex that comes out with him. They came out to complain about FTR, and, well, FTR got the jump on him again, ripped his mask off, beat the crap out of him. And um, I, I, I don't like the ripping off of the mask stuff, I, and they do it way too much nowadays. That's what WCW used to do was take the mask off of all these luchadors, and I do not like it. You can have a great feud without doing that. Uh, Anna J took on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who, if rumor serves us right, is recently engaged to her, uh, I guess now fiancé, Adam Cole. I think it's Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole, baby. If that rumor is true, then congratulations to them both. If that rumor is not true, then congratulations to both, because we're still talking about them. 
Of course, Britt wins this. Anna Jay's good. She's not ready for the Britt Baker level yet. But uh, great match. Anna Jay is is uh, is really elevated her game. I think training with the Dark Order and and Colt Cabana and people like that are probably really helping. But her and uh, Tay Conti or Ty Conti, I I think that's that's some people moving forward that we could really see some big things out of. And the last match on Rampage was Andrade El Idolo versus Pac. Pac gets a win in this one, and then the lights go out, and Malachi Black shows up. And before he can do anything, Cody attacks him. That's going to lead into their match on Dynamite. We will talk about in a few minutes. Because first I want to go through some of the other things on Dynamite. Also part of the World Heavyweight Tournament, Brian Danielson took on Dustin Rhodes. Really, really good match. I don't know if they've ever worked together before, but this match would prove to me that they probably have. Uh, of course, Brian Danielson is going to advance in this. Dustin uh, is fantastic, but he doesn't need to be in the big-time spotlight for people to know how good he is. And, and neither does Danielson. But it makes more sense for Brian to advance, and so he did. Uh, the Super Click, which is Omega... Adam Cole and the Young Bucks all had this promo in the back where they say the same things they usually do. They're a super good talent, but I like when they change it up, and they haven't done that recently. Sting confronted MJF, who got Sean Spears and Wardlow to attack Sting. Spears had a few chair shots to the back of Sting that are not going to do him any favors when Sting probably kicks him in the nuts. Uh, Penelope Ford took on Ruby Soho as part of the women's tournament for the new TNT belt that is coming up very, very soon. Uh, Soho with the win, of course, but uh, the Bunny and Red Velvet uh, ended up coming down there and ended up a little bit of a uh, 2 on 2 brawl for a minute. That'll probably set up a match coming up maybe this week. Bobby Fish took on Anthony Green. Uh, it's a pretty good match. Obviously, Green is not on Fish's level. Fish is really good. And after dropping matches recently to, you know, uh, what, Sammy Guevara and Brian Danielson, Fish needed a solid win. Well, he gets it here, and then after the match, he tries to attack Anthony Green, and CM Punk comes down and runs him off. If we're going to get Bobby Fish versus CM Punk, sign me up. Absolutely sign me up. That is going to be outstanding. Um, Lance Archer took on Eddie Kingston as part of the tournament. Kingston actually gets the win in this. The bigger story to me was that Lance Archer at some point, I think from the middle rope, tries to do a moonsault, doesn't quite tuck his head around, takes a nasty fall. He says he checks out okay. We will see about that moving forward. Uh, great, great attempt at the move. I, I enjoyed that part of it, but gosh, Lance Archer, you, you've got to be a little more careful than that. Uh, we can't we can't have you missing because of injury. Uh, Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page were all out running their mouth again. They were confronted by Sammy Guevara in the inner circle. Somewhere down the road, we're going to get another match. I don't know if JDS is going to be a part of it. I, I really don't know, but um, it's this is starting to kind of go nowhere, so they've got to do something with it. John Moxley had a statement in the back that, that he said Dark Order had one as well. Looks like they are all back on the same page finally. Uh, Jungle Boy took on Brandon Cutler. It took almost as long for me to say that as it did for that match to happen. The biggest thing was that Jungle Boy was attacked by Adam Cole at the end after the match, and we're going to get Adam Cole Jungle Boy on a bigger scale sometime soon, and I can't wait. And then the main event, Cody took on Malachi Black. This was an okay match. Uh, Cody was a little off in this. His wrestling wasn't as crisp and as pure. Maybe at some of the time with... uh, his, uh, his, his newborn baby that he hasn't, he needs to get back to the ring and, and get some of the rust off. 
but uh, Malachi Black had his moments as well. Cody ends up with the win in this one, which at one point it seemed like the crowd turned on everybody, just flipped the script. We're booing Cody and cheering Malachi. thought that was kind of interesting and kind of agreed with the moment. But, you know, that is what it is. Now, let's talk about I don't know. Do we want no? Let me let me talk about this right now. Ring of Honor. I have not said much about Ring of Honor on this show in the past couple weeks. Well, first of all, because of the forty channels it comes on. Well, it always comes on late at night or early in the morning, and when I try to DVR it so I can watch it. And yes, I know I can go online, but when I try to DVR it to watch it on my actual television. Uh, it doesn't always come through, or it's preceded by high school football or something. Anyway, that being said, Dave Meltzer. My name is Dave Meltzer. My name is Dave Meltzer. Yeah, Dave Meltzer. That Dave Meltzer says that Ring of Honor has released everyone from contracts, and there's more to come. Well, I was able to look into it a little bit. After December's pay-per-view for them, Final Battle, they say they are going to take the next, uh, the following three months off, the first quarter of the year, to evaluate their business structure to kind of reorganize some things. And I think they don't want to tie up talent if they're not going to be producing a lot of shows and things like that. I think that's why they're releasing everybody and they'll just, they'll sign back who they need to. They're they're The pandemic did a number on them, apparently. And in the pandemic doing a number on them, they are trying to reevaluate where they want to go from here and what and how they want to do it. And I, I respect that. So we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Um, I don't think they're going out of business. I, I think we would know more about it by now. But, you know, stay tuned to me and Dave Melser and some other people in the business to uh, try to stay on top of some of this. Because, yes, there are – they do run the risk of if when you release everybody and they go sign other places, A, sometimes they can't come back because they're in those – they're, in, they're under contract somewhere else, or B, they end up liking it somewhere else, and they choose not to come back. So we'll see. They they may be doing like a restart or rebrand or whatever, so we'll see what's going on from there. But just wanted to catch you guys up on some, some of the Ring of Honor stuff that's going on, because that's it's bizarre. It's, it's out of nowhere. Some things are, are kind of starting to line. Like, there were some signs here and there, but I would have never predicted it would be at this point. So uh, we wish them the best and look forward to what they bring us in April, which I believe they said is their um, going to be their first pay-per-view event in the new year. Let's move to Bellator. Bellator 269. I'm just going to talk about the main card for a minute. I'm really just going to talk about the main fight, but I'm going to tell you about the um, tell you about the winners. Anatoly Tokov got the decision win over Sharif Devlet Muradov. Devlet Muradov had the decision win there. Good for Anatoly in that one. I think I told you guys he was going to win. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov took on Patrick Petilia, or Petila. Of course, Usman Nurmagomedov gets the submission win in that one. Pretty sure I told you to take him as well. Saeed Salma took on Vitaly Medikov. Saeed with the TKO win. Don't remember what round. I forgot to write that down, but a good win for Saeed in the 
heavyweight co-made event. And in the heavyweight main event, Tim Johnson went all the way to Moscow to take on Fedor Emelianenko. And I got to give Tim Johnson a lot of credit because not only did he take the fight, not only did he have as good a chance as anybody in this one, he came out, I'm pretty sure, to Real American by uh, Rick Derringer. For people who are unfamiliar with that, and if you listen to this show and you're at least in your 30s, you've heard this song, and you should know it. Real American by Rick Derringer is the theme music of Hulk Hogan. When he was Holly, or before he was Hollywood Hulk Hogan, when he was uh, the red and yellow. Uh, but good for Tim Johnson in doing that. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't seem to matter. And I was covering a college football game when this fight was going on. So I could not watch live. But my phone exploded with updates. And uh, people saying, oh my god, and all this stuff. Two minutes into this fight, Fedor Emelianenko says, Good night, Tim Real American Johnson. Two minutes in. A lot of people thought this would be Fedor's last fight. Uh, when you win in two minutes over a big-time heavyweight contender, I think Fedor's going to fight a couple more times. I just think he was healing up. I think he was training. I think he was training other people. He is kind of doing the... Uh, he is kind of doing the same thing as some of the other fighters that we've seen. You know, they step away from fighting a little bit to train others and build just stables of studs. Fedor, man, like like the title says, Fedor is Russian for king. Good for Fedor Emelianenko. I went back and watched this fight. Wow. Fedor still has the power. He still has quick as hell hands. My goodness. Uh, shout out to Fedor, shout out to Tim Johnson, but Fedor, you still got it, bud. You still got it. Bellator 270, which is Queely versus Pitbull 2, is going to be in Dublin, Ireland at the 3 Arena. I believe it's going to be on YouTube, which is going to be fun. I may try to catch that. Um, no, not on November 5th, I want. I'll be hit a game for that one, but... Uh, I will try to catch it. Eh, I'll try to catch it anyway. Friday, November 5th. That's going to be outstanding. That's going to be outstanding. Can't wait for that one. Let's talk a little UFC. Then we'll talk PFL and we'll get out of here. UFC. UFC, I'm just going to talk about the uh, the main card here. Francisco Trinaldo got the split decision win over Dwight Grant. I agree with that, that Francisco Trinaldo definitely did enough to win that, and uh, he was better than Dwight Grant, so good for him. Alex Caceres gets the submission win over Singwoo Choi, the featherweight division. Alex Caceres, man, you got to watch out for that guy. He's, he's uh, If you're the featherweight up in the featherweight division, he's coming. Jessica Rose Clark got the unanimous decision win over uh, Jocelyn Edwards in the women's bantamweight. Jessica Rose Clark definitely, definitely did a good job with that one. Uh, Grant Dawson and Ricky Glenn, this one ended up being a draw. And uh, it should have been. It, it should have been a draw based on... Uh, Having to get the referee as involved as he was and the docking of points and things like that. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. But uh, that's that, that was the right decision there. And then and then we had Costa versus Marvin Vittori. And we know the lead-up to this is the weight limit changed multiple times leading up to this because Costa couldn't, couldn't make weight. Dana White has already said he will uh, he will not be a middleweight going forward. He will be a light heavyweight. He will be trying to hit 205 the entire time, which is what they pretty much ended up being. It ended up being a light heavyweight bout. And uh, 
I gotta agree with with uh, Daniel Cormier in this one, who said there was a uh, a heel turn and, and a face turn or a heel face swap. For people who don't know, a heel is a bad guy in wrestling. A good guy or good woman, whatever, is uh, considered a baby face or a face. Um, coming into this, everybody thought Marvin Vittori was the villain. And uh, Costa was the hero until all these weight cut issues happened. And Vittoria just kept saying, that's fine. We'll, we'll move it to uh, from 185 to, to 190. And then Costa didn't make 190. He goes, we'll move it to 195. And it ended up being a light heavyweight battle. Uh, Costa still come in. He's super muscular, super big. He, he was laying it on Vittori, but Vittori gets unanimous decision win, as he should. He can go back to middleweight where he can make weight, and Costa should stay at 205 at a light heavyweight. That's, I think, where he should be. But for all the controversy that it was, the crowd started to turn, and Marvin Vittori is a fan favorite now, especially when he won this one. Good for him. It leads us to this week where uh, it'll be Blahovich versus Teixeira. I'm going to start at the bottom of the card. There's a couple of these that uh, I wanted to talk about, um, I think, early on. Let's see. That's PFL. Let's talk about PFL in a minute. All right, here we go. Uh, Amanda Rebus is taking on Verna uh, Yonderobo in the women's strawweight. I think that is going to be fantastic. You've got 10-2 and two versus 17-2. and two. I like Amanda Rebus in that one. Uh, you got Magomed Akaleev, who's taking on Volkan Ozdemir in the light heavyweight division, 15-1 versus 17-5. and five. I like Magomed in that one. Akaleev, he is, uh, he's, he's really putting it on some people. Finally, Hamzat Shemaev. We get to see the wonder, remember? What? Last year or two years ago, I think it was last year, we got to see him fight in two different weight divisions, three times total, and I don't know, like, what, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was. It was like a little no time, but he's finally back. He's finally got a fight. Uh, Lee Zhang Li is going to fight him. He ain't afraid of nobody. So, Hamjat Chemaev versus Li Zhang Li. I think Chemaev is going to win. I'm pretty sure, you know, if I had to put, you know, a week's pay on it, I'm about 65-35 that Hamjat Chemaev could win. But, hey, if somebody could catch him, and somebody could uh, could uh, start to put that first blemish on the record, it might be Zhang Li. Alexander Volkov is going to take on Marcin Tabura. Tabura has had some fantastic showings in the last year or so, and uh, but Volkov is just really, really good. These two in the heavyweight, these two heavyweights are just gonna smash each other's faces in. It's gonna be fantastic. We have uh, Islam Makachev is gonna go up against Dan Hooker in the lightweight division. Here's another one: Islam Makachev, fantastic fighter. Big time. He's gonna he's gonna be right in the middle of the, the of the uh, light heavy, or the lightweight title very very soon. But uh, Dan Hooker has been known to to uh, ruin a step in front of people in the lineup to ooh, opportunities. So um, I still got to go with Makachev, but it would not surprise me if Dan Hooker pulled this off in the co-main event bantamweight title fight. It's a title fight. It's for the interim. Because they are too chicken crap to strip the actual champ. Peter Yan is going to take on Corey Sanhagen. This is another one where everybody's going to side with Peter Yan, but uh, Corey Sanhagen, they have actually had the same number of pro fights 15 and 2 for Peter Yan, Sanhagen 14 and 3. Peter Yan's the favorite, but Corey Sanhagen is not going to go away quietly. Now, we want to see Peter Yan win because we want to see him unify the belts and grab his belt back from um, uh, Aljermaine Sterling. But 
San Egg and Sterling, I'm okay with too, because either way, Sterling's going to lose the belt. Whoever wins this interim belt, interim belt is definitely going to be the champion uh, going forward. And finally, we get Jan Blahovich versus Glover Teixeira in the light heavyweight main event. Let me throw this out here too. Yuri Prohoshka. You know, I hadn't heard from Yuri in a while. Remember, he was going to wait till first of the year to uh, take on uh, the champ or whatever. Well, he has volunteered. I don't know if Dana's went through with it yet, but he has volunteered to be the backup fighter in this fight, meaning if Jan or Glover, for some reason, uh, you know, get the virus, test positive for the virus or get hurt or injured and he needs somebody to step in, Yuri's saying uh, he'll do it. I think that's uh, pretty interesting. So I like Jan Blahovich a lot. I really think he would be the guy going forward. But it would also be super cool if Glover Teixeira got this. Because if he doesn't, where does he go? Because he's probably not going to get another title shot. What could he possibly do? What could he possibly do? I'm going to take Jan Blahovich in this one. Although this is another one. If, if Glover wins, I will be just as happy. But that is uh, UFC... UFC coming up this weekend. PFL that is uh, actually going on as we speak. Um, I'm going to just go through the matches real quick. This is night two. You're going to get Don Madge versus Nathan Williams in the lightweight division. In the women's lightweight, you get Julia Budd and Caitlin Young. Men's middleweight, Omari Akhmedov is going to take on Jordan Young. Um, Loic Radzibov is going to take on Roush Monfio in the lightweight. In the light heavyweight, Antonio Carlos Jr. is going to take on Martha and Hamlet. The featherweight division, Mavlid Kalbulev is taking on Chris Wade. That's featherweight. In the heavyweight division, we're getting Bruno Capaloza versus Anti Delija. We get in the women's lightweight, we're gonna get Abigail Montez versus Clarissa Shields. We're gonna get in the welterweight in the code main event. Ray Cooper the third is gonna take on Magomed Magomed Karamov. And in the main event. And probably her farewell fight for PFL. Kayla Harrison puts her 11-0-0 record on the line in the women's lightweight main event. Versus Taylor Guardado. Or Guardado. Does Taylor stand a chance? Yeah, she does. I would say she's got about a 25% chance to win this. Kayla's got about a 75%. I, I, if Kayla goes 12-0 and 0 and runs through PFL and runs over like she's done everything else, then at some point, at some point, we're going to see her in Bellator or UFC. And uh, I'll be honest. Can't wait because she's either going to go to Bellator and take on Cyborg eventually or she's going to go to UFC and uh, go against Amanda Nunes, a former a former teammate of hers. And I'll be honest, that is going to do it for us this week. There are one, two... Three, four other stories I would love to get into, but we're out of time. So, I tell you guys, later this week, later this weekend, because these are not uh, that time sensitive, later this week or weekend, I will do a special show, about a 10-minute show or so. I may even do it on video, I don't know. 
that will talk about these subjects, uh, these these things, that topics I was going to talk about. Um, they include things like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, uh, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, you know, things like that. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for joining us on another great edition of Strong Style. Remember, Fedor is Russian for king. We'll see you guys next week. This is Goose.